0: Good morning, Centerway Church. My name is Claude and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors of this wonderful church. We're so thankful for another opportunity to gather online together. I just want to say welcome to everyone gathering on the live platform as well as those that may be watching or listening to this later. A special welcome to those of you that may be gathering with us for the first time today. We're so glad that you're here. Before I explain some things about what to expect today, we have three unique things I want to share. First. We want to take a moment to acknowledge the Memorial Day holiday that we're about to celebrate. We're so grateful for those who have laid down their lives serving in our military and for the freedoms we enjoy as a result. I encourage you to pause this weekend to remember their sacrifice, to pray for those missing their loved ones, and to thank God for our country. Secondly, this past week our president made an announcement declaring churches essential and has directed governors to reopen them. We communicated in an email how that affects us directly, and it's also on our website. If you didn't receive that email and would like to be added to our communication list so you can be updated as to when we will gather in person, you can use the communication card on the live platform or send us an email at connect at centerwaychurch.com in order to be added. The third and final unique piece of information is that when we celebrated Mother's Day, we gave you an opportunity to partner with us and Convoy of Hope by giving to their women's empowerment program. Centerway, as always, you were so generous and we're excited to send a check off to them this week. Thank you so much. Now, shifting gears to some of the items for today, we know this is a challenging season in so many ways. If we can help you or someone you know, please don't hesitate to email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. Now, if you have kids, each week, Whether or not you realize this, we have a message just for them. And so we want to encourage you uh, to go ahead and, and check that out. They learn from the same text which allows your family to be able to discuss what the Bible has to say and to grow together. Our kids' message is on the website along with other weekly resources as well as information about how to sign up for circles and what exactly those are. If you're watching live, there are tabs to share your info, give, take next steps, find previous messages, and even to share this message if you so choose. Now, if you're watching or listening to this later, you can do those things through our website. Here's what to expect today. In just a moment, Carrie will be reading the scripture text for us, and Eric will be communicating from the Bible. Then, Meredith will share some ways to respond in worship. Immediately after the message, you can head over to Instagram Live or Facebook Live as a way to respond through song. Here's Carrie with today's text.
1: Hi, Centerway. Happy Memorial Day weekend. And as I would say in kids' service, happy Sunday, my friends. My name is Carrie, and I'll be reading the scripture for today. It's from 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 14. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning.
2: Good morning, Centerway, and happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, my name is Eric, I'm part of the team here, and I am really, really glad that we get to spend some time together today. And I just wanna take a minute to say just how encouraged I am uh, at all the positivity and all the uh, the great attitudes that we've been seeing over the past couple months here during this quarantine time. Uh, you guys are knocking it out of the park, and. Um, Everyone that calls Centerway Church their home, we've been blown away uh, just by how encouraging you've been. Uh, Whether you're joining us for the very first time this week or you've been with us from the beginning, our prayer uh, is that you feel the same hope and the same joy uh, that we're feeling on this end of the camera. And we're excited about uh, where Centerway is headed. We know that the best days of Centerway are still on the horizon, and we're excited to see where God is going to be leading us. Uh, this week, we're in the third week of our series called Still Life. Uh, still Life is a journey uh, through the first half of the book of 1 John, uh, and today's title is super creative. Uh, it's the title, Love. <laughs> love. Uh, love is a meta-theme of the book of 1 John, and our author does a great job of challenging us to reconsider what love looks like in our lives, what love would look like in your own life. Now, one of the benefits of being quarantined is that I feel like some kind of golden retriever or something every time I see a person, you know? I'm at the window, excited to see who's coming up to the door. Uh, Every time I'm on a Zoom call, I don't want it to end. And so this is like the perfect time for me to be receptive to what scripture says about how to love people well, how to love uh, people better than I do right now. And I hope that you're in that same place as well. But here's the deal, I wanna start off our time today by being real, can we just be real together? Uh, Let's be honest, there are some people in our lives that no matter what you do, are just very, very hard to love, (laughs) they kinda rub you the wrong way, and you try, and you try uh, to get along with them, and to have patience with them, but come on, don't judge me. You know what I'm talking about. I think we all have those people. Uh, they they drive you nuts and you try to not let them do so, uh, but they end up doing it today. Uh, the question I wanna start off our time with is an honest one, if we can be honest together. And the question is this, why are some people hard to love? Why are some people hard to love? Now, I wonder what your answer is this morning because I bet that there are as many answers to that question as people who are asking the question of themselves. But why are some people just hard to love? Uh, And if I can be honest with you, my ability to love people directly coincides and correlates with how much sleep I've gotten. Uh, So the more tired I am, uh, the less patience I have with people, and I have a lot of stories about that I'm really ashamed of and embarrassed of, but I'm gonna give you two. there was a trip that the youth group that I was in was taking. Uh, it was kind of out of state. So it was a longer trip. And, uh, we got to this destination. And by the time we got out of the van, I just wanted to kill this kid. (laughs) Uh, everyone shall remain nameless, but there was somebody on the lead team that was joining me in that feeling. And, uh, Long story short, this person on the lead team thought it'd be a great idea to substitute uh, a chocolate bar that he had with some X-Lax. And um, it was that person's idea. It wasn't my idea. Uh, But I went along with it and thought it was really cool. We substituted a chocolate bar for X-Lax for this guy and uh, was, yeah, I feel really, really bad about it. And I should have been patient. I should have said, you know what, we're all in the same boat, but... um, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Uh, I remember fast forward a few years, I was actually the youth pastor of a youth group. Uh, and we were at this event called Jesus Encounter. Uh, you kind of get away into the woods and spend some time just seeking the Lord. And uh, it was really late. It was like two in the morning and we were just getting to bed. And I was the counselor of this group of kids who just would not shut up. And I need my sleep. I don't know about you. Uh, and I was begging this kid. I was pleading with him. I was... Commanding him to fall asleep, and he was just, he just kept on talking. Uh, and so I pretended like I was sleepwalking, walked over to him in the darkness, shined a light in my face, and said, I have a word, enjoy this day, for it will be your last. And then I walked back over like I was sleepwalking, uh, scare the crud out of him, feel bad. I can laugh about it now, but at the time I should have been more mature about it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I probably have even worse stories uh, than that. Uh, but I'm confessing that when I get tired, things get messed up pretty quick. Now, here's why I share those stories. Because John is about to tell me that I cannot use excuses like that to mistreat people that I love or mistreat anybody for that matter. Let's get into the Word together. First uh, John chapter two verses seven and eight say this: "Beloved." I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Okay, raise your hand if you're a little confused by these two verses here. Uh, Is it an old commandment or is it a new commandment? And can a commandment be both old and new at the same time? Uh, What's he talking about here? Well, a little context. 1 John was written probably about 50 years or more after Jesus' teachings. And as we've heard in the weeks past, it was addressed uh, to different churches uh, to kind of dissect and to clear up some false teaching on how to follow Jesus. And so it seems like John is being accused by these false teachers of adding to what Jesus has taught. And so he tells these churches, no, I'm not giving you anything brand new. This is an old idea. It's an old commandment. I'm telling you what Jesus taught us. Jesus had been saying these kind of things since the beginning of his ministry. uh, And you've been striving to love this way ever since you became Christ's followers. John isn't straying from Jesus's old command to love your neighbor as yourself, or even to love your enemies. But here's the deal. There is a sense in which it is new, not the idea of being loving, because God actually commands the Israelites uh, way back in the Pentateuch thousands of years ago uh, to be loving to those around you. Uh, However, in verse 8, John says that the command to love is true in Jesus and in you. In other words, the newness of this command is that it's being fulfilled in a way that has not happened previously. That only Jesus can fulfill uh, the ultimate meaning of this new commandment. And that's why John says that the darkness is passing away and that the true light is already shining because Jesus totally fulfills the law of love in a way that nobody else ever had or ever could. And the implications of that love uh, were just starting to kind of play themselves out uh, on the the world stage here. So it is a new command, even though it is an old command. Now, that understanding is actually critical. If we want to understand what is being said in our key verse this week, our key verse today is verse 9. And it goes like this. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Now, that's big. Because... John assumes that his readers will know that the new commandment that John is talking about is about loving your brother and sister. And if you don't love your brother or your sister, you hate them. Now, that's not how we would put it, though, is it? If we could have a conversation with John, uh, we would tell him, yeah, sure, there are people in my life that I don't love necessarily, but that's not the same thing as hating them, right? I mean... I meet people every day, right? Um, I'm not going to say that I love the Starbucks barista or tell my mailman that I love him, right? That's how people get restraining orders, dude. (laughs) You don't want to be doing that kind of thing. Uh, But at the same time, I would say to John, I don't hate these people. They're good enough people. They're decent enough. uh, But I'm not in a love relationship with them. I'm just simply neutral toward them. John will have none of this kind of talk. Remember, he's reminding us of a new commandment, a new way to love people that lines up with uh, the way that Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. His concept of love is caring for other people in need, period. Even to the point of self-sacrifice. So John's perspective uh, is that if we see someone and notice that they're in some kind of need, and then we walk away saying like, eh, I don't really know them. I don't know if I can fulfill that need. Then I love myself more than I love them. And at that point, I'm not being neutral, am I? If we look at this through the lens of Christ, uh, I'm not being neutral toward them. I'm loving myself and I'm actually hating them is what John says. Now, that's shocking to hear. And John gives us a radical commandment in these verses here because he is deliberately awakening us to the need for radical love if we claim to follow Jesus. Radical love. Now, I want to take a a side here and uh, talk to to people who are watching this or listening to this, and you want to consider yourself a Christ follower. Um, Isn't this the kind of thing that the world needs right now? this radical love, we would love for you to explore the claims of Jesus and consider what it would look like to love this way. And for those of us that are Christ followers that would say, yes, we want to follow after Jesus with everything. What would it look like for us to love in this way? Now, if we think of it in terms of radical love, then all of a sudden our key verse uh, totally gets put into its proper perspective. And uh, the question that I asked earlier gets put into a new and fresh perspective too. Remember, I asked, why are some people hard to love? Well, even though we all have our own answer, John would think that there is a universal answer. And it's because loving people like Jesus loves is just hard to do. It's hard to do. Even though uh, we have our own answer, loving people with the radical love suggested in this commandment means that I have to sacrifice my time, my energy, my will, my comfort uh, to love people the way Jesus loved me. But if I'm willing to do that, I prove that I'm walking in the light. Let's look at verses 10 and 11 together. They say this, whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now there are two really interesting things I wanna point out in those verses here. Notice in verse 10, John doesn't say, whoever says he loves his brother abides in the light. John says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. John is more concerned uh, that you love with your actions rather than your words. If your words don't correlate to your reality, then you're not really loving, is what he says in in verse 10. And then in verse 11, John actually returns to the idea uh, and to the truth that if you hate your brother or your sister, you're in the dark. But he doesn't just say you are in the dark, dark, He says you're walking around in the dark. This is far more dangerous than simply being in the dark because you can be in relative safety if you're just standing in one place in darkness, right? Your mind can begin to wander. There might be things around you. But as long as you're staying in one place, you're in relative safety in the dark. But the one who says he loves but really hates his brother, the one who says he's following a commandment, but really hates his brother, is walking around in the darkness. Now, uh, you might think that you're protecting yourself and your interests by not helping people uh, that you see in need, but what you're actually doing is endangering yourself because what you're walking around, you're unable to see the pitfalls uh, of life that come from the darkness. Uh, I was in another event out of state, maybe even the same event I talked about earlier when I was in youth group. It was a Bible quiz event. uh, And the pastor's kid, Tom, um, was on the team, but he was really more interested in kind of having some fun by chasing other people around this brand new church. It was ginormous. Uh, We were exploring and all that kind of stuff. I can't remember if we were playing hide-and-seek or tag or what we were doing, Uh, but I remember nervously hiding in this hallway uh, that was pitch black. It was light on one side of the hallway. It was light on the other side of the hallway, but the hallway itself was pitch black. And I remember hiding in there until he was gone, and then I would come out. And then I saw him on the other end, and he chased after me through this dark hallway. Well, what we didn't know was that it wasn't a hallway at all. It was actually a baptismal tank, you know, one of those big tanks that looked like a huge, huge bathtub. And Tom thought he was walking on a, you know, hard hallway here, but really he fell headfirst into this baptismal tank, cracked his head open, blood was everywhere. He had to be taken to a local hospital uh, because in the darkness, he thought he was safe to run through this hallway. But in reality, there was a pitfall there that none of us could see. Uh, that's, that's scary. Now, the best way to protect yourself is to walk in the light. And if you walk in the light, uh, you're serving people. And when you're serving people, you're loving people, the way Jesus loved them. I love what Romans 5 says, Uh, Paul says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, when we were both in real need and his real enemy, Jesus came in and showed love to you and me. And the radical life-changing commandment that Jesus gives to us uh, is that if we wanna be his followers, that we're gonna love everyone this way. We're not gonna pick and choose who's closest to us or who we have the the longest track record with. Uh, We're gonna love everyone that we see in need. We're gonna show self-sacrificing love to them. Now at Centerway, we truly and passionately believe uh, that the text requires something of us that we can't just read a passage like this and go, hmm, that's interesting, and move about our day. We must act on what we hear. So this week's application question goes like this. Who do I need to articulate love to this week? Not who do I need to think about in a loving way or uh, who do I need to remember that I love, but who do I need to articulate love to this week? Who is God asking me to tangibly and extravagantly meet the need of this week? Now, here's the deal. In the context of this passage, the answer may not be the person that you love the most in life. Now, it may be, but chances are that God is asking you to represent him to someone uh, that you know has a need and that you're able to meet the need of. My suggestion is don't let it uh, don't let your mind immediately go straight to who needs money or who you can pay for something or whatever. Now hear me, that will be your application Some for some of us. That will be the right application. Um, but I would love for this question to kind of bring out the creativity uh, in us as a church and in God's people. Uh, maybe, It would be to write a quick note, you know, like uh, with a pen or with a pencil and actually get an envelope and put it in an envelope and snail mail that note of encouragement to somebody, especially in a time like this, that is kind of like gold, you know, Uh, write a letter, write a note of encouragement um, and then send that out. Uh, Let people see your articulated love toward them. Not like in a weird or a creepy way, of course, but in a way that's encouraging, a way that demands some time and some energy, some effort on your part. I'm going to pray in just a moment, but before I do, maybe you're watching or you're listening uh, to this, and you always thought that Christianity meant uh, a couple things, like you had to follow a set of rules to be a Christian, uh, or you have to have a particular political bent <laughs> to be a Christian. All of Jesus is asking is that we trust Him, and that's it. Yeah, trust Him with everything, yes, but He never says, change your ways, change your outlook, and then come to me. He simply invites us to come. For those of you that are committed Christ followers, I'm I'm gonna pray that uh, not only will this challenge us to walk in the light of love, uh, but it'll also challenge us to kind of reconsider what love looks like in our own personal lives. Can we bow our heads and hearts together? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that your grace abounds, even in unique times where we feel uh, maybe isolated from those that we would see on a regular basis. I thank you, God, that your spirit is actively at work in our homes and in our families, uh, stirring us up to be creative in the ways that we care for people. And I thank you for this challenging word uh, of love. I thank you for this encouraging word of love, Lord. Um, Forgive us for those moments where we've kind of settled into what we think love should look like in our lives. I pray you would challenge us through your word to go deeper, Lord, uh, to love in a more extravagant way, Lord, to even love in in unique and creative, tangible ways this week. Father, I pray that this world, that our homes, uh, that the Rochester region and beyond will look different as a result of people uh, taking seriously the call to act on what your word tells us to do. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen amen. Well, I hope you have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. I hope to see you again really, really soon. And now uh, let's hear what our worship response is going to look like in just a moment.
1: Thanks, Eric. That was such a great word. We're so blessed to have so many great gospel-centered communicators here at CenterWay. I'm Meredith, and I'm just gonna take a minute to share ways to respond to the word in worship. You know, worship isn't just singing, it's also the way that we live our lives, how we give, take next steps, and how we serve others. And serving others goes right along with the application question for this week, which was, who will you articulate love to? And so, as a way to worship, we wanna encourage you to be intentional about that this week. At this point in our gathering, we're going to direct you over to Facebook Live or Instagram Live to join us in worship through song. If you're watching or listening to this message later, you can find the songs that we're about to sing on a Spotify playlist. Just search Centerway Church and look for our Still Life playlist. For those of you with us live, we'll give you a minute or two to join us on Instagram Live and Facebook Live. Can't wait to see you over there.